Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God that engages us this morning is from the lesson just read, specifically Isaiah chapter 41, verse 14. Do not be afraid, O worm Jacob, O dead ones of Israel, for I myself will help you, declares the Lord, your restorer, the Holy One of Israel. If you could become any animal in the world, which one would you choose? Maybe like Isaiah, you would soar on wings like an eagle. Or if you're like Amos, perhaps the lion is your animal of choice because you love to rumble in the seminary intramural jungle. Or maybe like Elisha, you would boast in the bear. Because when it comes to obstacles, you maim and you maul. Or maybe if your name is Caleb, and I know there are a few of you out there, which in Hebrew means dog, you may just choose to become like my sweet, adorable, little, precious, beagle dog, Howard. Question. How many of you would choose to become a worm? May I see a show of hands? Just what I thought. At Concordia Seminary, there are no worm wannabes. (laughs) I don't blame you. Worms are not impressive creatures. They have no eyes, they have no ears, they have no arms, they have no legs. They're small and insignificant, and if you ask me, worms don't have the best of personalities. When was the last time you heard of someone stopping the car, saying, Honey, kids, we have to get out and take a look at this worm? Or when was the last time you read an editorial? that passionately argued, we must cease the ongoing genocidal atrocity taking place in our lakes and rivers. Worms deserve better. These cute creatures should not be skewered on hooks just so they can be fed to the fish. Will worms ever become the mascot of choice? Will we ever hear of the Los Angeles leeches or the Michigan maggots or the Washington University worms? I don't think so. Isaiah 41, 14. Do not be afraid, O worm Jacob. (laughs) Yahweh calls these exiles in Babylon a worm. Didn't he get the message that worm theology is out. This is no way to boost people's self-esteem and help folks get up and get going. Buried under the boots of Babylon. Exiles in Isaiah 40 to 55 are also called weak and weary, bruised reeds and smoldering wicks, deaf and blind, childless, divorced, widowed, and a stubborn rebel from birth. Yahweh has a word for that. Worm. 
O worm Jacob, is parallel in our text with the Hebrew mate Yisrael. Now the singular absolute form of the plural construct mate is mat, and mat normally is translated men. But the New International Version, following the Septuagint, Olagostus, translates, O little ones of Israel, but the Vulgate is even better. Because mat, men, and mates, the Hebrew verb meaning to die, are near homonyms, Jerome renders mate with qui mortui estis, which means... O dead ones of Israel. Now, Isaiah, by this poetic parallelism, is inviting us to compare dead people with worms. What an awesome prophet! (laughs) Dead people are buried, so are worms. Dead people are stepped on, so are worms. Dead people are surrounded by dirt, so are worms. And dead people are soon forgotten, and so are the worms. The exiles in Babylon had seen Magor Misaviv, terror on every side. The patriarchal and Davidic promises appeared to be null and void. Captive in a culture where their most treasured narratives and liturgies were being mocked, trivialized, or simply discarded as irrelevant, everything had been swallowed up by the beast called Babylon. This horrific situation where their very fiber of their lives are being ripped apart is epitomized in Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then verse 6 I am a worm and not a man. Now, what am I to think of myself when I am captive to sin and so far away from the Father? What am I to think of myself when I'm not aflame with holiness and feel no compassion for the lost? Who am I? When I don't act justly and love mercy and walk humbly with my God, what am I to think about myself when (laughs) I harbor lustful thoughts and I recoil from prayer and I don't delight in the word and I pant for the praises of people? What am I to think of myself when I am small and insignificant and duplistic and unforgiving? Yahweh has a word for that. Worm. Lessing, didn't you get the memo? It's the 21st century. Worm theology is out. This is no way to boost people's self-esteem and help folks get up and get going. Well, I guess I didn't get that memo. Because Yahweh's word has nothing to do with you or me feeling highly about 
ourselves. Rather, Yahweh longs for us to cry out with the prophet Isaiah, I am a man of unclean lips and I live in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Or with Job, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Or with St. Paul, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? You see, only people who are dead and buried and surrounded by dirt cry out for life and resurrection. Isaiah 41, 14. Do not be afraid, O worm, Jacob, O dead ones of Israel, for I myself will help you, declares Yahweh, your restorer and the Holy One of Israel. Yahweh's not some NFL football coach trying to rally the team at halftime to win one for the Gipper. Yahweh's not some radio talk show host who wants us to now feel all warm and fuzzy. Yahweh isn't some granddaddy who sits back on his rocking chair and he helps those who will just help themselves. No. He is your restorer, the Holy One of Israel. The verb go ale, best translated restore, appears here. It's a theme word in the unit of Isaiah 40 to 55. It appears here for the first time, but will come nine more times in this section of Scripture. A go ale is your next of kin relative who buys back your inheritance, frees you from slavery, and pays off all your debt. Whatever has gone bad, your goel will make good. Isaiah couples your restorer with the Isianic phrase, Kadosh Yisrael. The Holy One of Israel. Oh, this one appears 25 times in the book of Isaiah as the supreme title of Yahweh. And only seven more times in the rest of the Old Testament. Yahweh is, as the seraphim announce in 6 verse 3, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. Holy, holy, holy. Yahweh is completely set apart and different and unique from everything and everyone else. So Isaiah pairs your restore, the completely imminent one right here in the family with the Holy One of Israel, the completely transcendent one, to announce that Yahweh alone in the universe has all the power at his disposal to marshal one furious, passionate, relentless, unique, loving goal to restore you. How does he do it? In the fullness of time, Yahweh became our next of kin relative 
literally. And then he took another step down. He became dishonored and dismissed and despised. And then he took another step down in this one for the ages. Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or in his native Aramaic language, Eli, Eli, lama sabathani. And then verse 6. I am a worm and not a man. Here is Jesus. Nailed to a tree, his body bent, broken, and twisted. Here is Jesus, the oligost one, the smallest one, the most insignificant one. Here is Jesus, qui mortui estis, the one who is completely dead. Yahweh has a word for that. Worm. But then there was an angel and an earthquake and the stone was rolled away in the announcement that continues to rock this world. He is not here. He's risen just as he said. Because Jesus is real and Jesus is alive, Yahweh has a transforming word for us just here, just now. From Isaiah 41, 15. Behold, I am making you into a threshing sledge, new, sharp, with many teeth. And you will thresh the mountains and crush them. And you will reduce the hills to chaff. (laughs) Amazing. Worms are transformed into mountain movers. The lowly and despised are loved and lifted up. The blind see. The deaf hear. Lepers are cleansed. The dead are raised. And the gospel is preached to the poor. Yahweh has a word for that. Grace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.